Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Let's talk supernatural. There's the number. I haven't done this in a long time. I don't know if I even remember how to do this. There's the number right there. There you go. Call, call, call. I have the meeting right here. I'm holding the lock button. Once I lock the meeting, just stay in the call and we're going to get to your question. Let me know your name. Let me know where you're calling from. Don't, you don't got to be all nervous. Just pretend you're talking to your cousin, your brother. I'm no one special. I'm no celebrity. So don't be all nervous and shy. I'm just a normal person and uh, we'll have a good talk. Okay. We'll talk. It'll be good. I'd love to hear from you guys, hear your voice. I hope I put in the right meeting ID because usually it's instant. But so far, okay, it's working. All right, it's working, it's working. Okay, get in here, get in here, get in here. I got to wait for the phone callers, so here we go. And if you only have like 10 minutes, it's probably not a good idea to call because you might be sitting on hold. All right, we're going to lock it in a second. We're going to lock it in a second. We got a, a good amount of callers here. We got a good amount of callers. Okay, it's locked, it's locked, it's locked. Uh, so many people called at once. It's locked, okay? Let me go ahead and put lines closed. Mods, you know, they're going to keep coming in and say, where's the number? I have literally where it says lines full. The lines are full. I don't know how else to say that. The lines are full. Is that going to move? Yes, it is. The lines are full. That means no more people can call. If we get through all the questions or people drop out, we will take more calls at the end. But as of right now, it's locked. I feel a bit rusty because I haven't done this in a long time, but let's do this. We're going to take our first caller. Here we go. Thank you so much for calling in. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. Hello, can you hear me? Oh, they hung up. No, don't hang up. Don't get scared of me. They hung up. Okay, listen, guys, when I when I answer your call, please mute me in the background and then be attentive to the call. Okay, and don't hang up. That's not good. Don't hang up. Yeah, it is locked. It is locked. Everyone's already in. I know it goes super fast. It's the fastest fingers. Okay, here we go. Next caller. Don't hang up, guys. Don't hang up. Thank you so much for calling in. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. Hi, my name is Lisi, and I'm calling from Florida. How are you doing? I'm good, thank God, and yourself? I'm doing good. good. What's going on tonight? Um, I actually had a, a question, which I'm going to try and make it short. Um, I'm just actually having trouble with uh, finding a good church. Like, for example, I went to a church. And it's Holy uh, Spirit led, and I got delivered there. And you know, I spoke in tongues for the first time. Can you awesome. hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, you oh, sound good. I'm, I'm just listening. Okay. And I wanted to know, like, after the pastor said something that I guess I got offended, and you know, I I, I think that I tend to go to uh, pastors and prophets and stuff instead of trying to go to God for like answers. So I wanted to know, do you think that um, no matter that there is a pastor and stuff, the first thing I have to do is go to God, like by fasting and praying and stuff. But how can I discern his voice? You know, because I had like voices in my head. Like, for example, I was in a relationship, which um, the voices in my head would say, like, pray for the person and stuff. But maybe that person wasn't for me and I had to leave. You understand what I'm trying to say? Just yeah, what, what do you feel like the voices in your head are? Do you feel like that's your thoughts, the Holy Spirit, or do you feel like it could be a demonic? Um, well, I would think because I got delivered and in my family, uh, 
um, there is a lot of witchcraft and stuff. So when they did deliver me, I was, you know, not like the normal. I was like on the floor and rolling as a snake. And they said, the prophets that were there said that I had like 12 principalities and stuff. But when I was done, I did feel calm and everything. And I was with someone that um, was also like uh, wanted to get closer to God and stuff. And for example, I'm sorry, I have so much questions. I'm trying to. It's okay. Just, it's okay. Uh, just, um, but I couldn't know the person by its fruit. I mean, because he was so nice. The person was really nice and everything. And but I would think he was maybe a little manipulative. Okay. So, so you're just, str just you're okay. struggling to discern the voice of God. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that's really what it is. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people think that God shouts at us. Oftentimes, it's a still, small voice. And there's many ways we can hear the voice of God. One way is through a pastor, through a leader. Paul said to the church of Thessalonica, when I came to you, you guys took what I said as the very words of God. And then Paul says, which, of course, it was the word of God. And so that's one way is through a pastor. Another way is re through reading the Bible. I think a lot of times we want God to speak elaborately or like comple complex to us, like in a complex way but we just don't read yeah. our Bible. And so we have to take the word of God, the written word of God, as if God is speaking to us. So that's a great way, getting in the word of God, letting the word of God speak to you, praying for revelation and really praying, Lord, I wanna absorb this. What are you saying to me? Um, you can also get it through like having an inner peace. So I always say, if you're gonna make a decision, like for you, you're saying you're you know talking about this relationship, is like, is there an inner peace about it? Because the Bible says that God will give us peace that surpasses understanding and that peace will reign in our hearts. So peace is a good way to know, like, because if it's not God, you won't be at peace about it. You won't be at peace with it. So a good way to see is like, man, is there a peace in my heart? Do I feel another way is going to someone and say, hey, will you pray about this for me? Will you see if you get any confirmation? Is God saying anything to you? Would you bear witness to this? But you can't go wrong going to godly people, asking for godly counsel, praying that the Holy Spirit would bring you confirmations, praying that he would reveal it to you. And then at the end of the day, what is, like if you're trying to discern, is this God or not? What is the fruit of what that voice is saying, right? If you're like, I don't know if this is God or the devil. The devil's not gonna lead you to God. The devil's not gonna lead you to pray. The devil's not gonna lead you to fast. The devil's not gonna lead you to something godly. So if you're looking at like, what is the thing saying, whether it's God, the devil, my own voice, if it's leading you to do something righteous, something holy, something that's in line with scripture, it's probably God. Or like, say you're at the grocery store, okay? Let me just give you an example. And all of a sudden, yeah. there's you're, they're ringing you up and you get a thought in your head, man, I really need to ask the lady ringing me up if she needs prayer, because I'm just feeling like she might be going through something, depression, anxiety, she's sick in her body. In your own yeah. flesh, yeah, you don't want to step out and pray for her because you're uncomfortable. It's like, why would I want to step out? Like, I'm uncomfortable. But then there's something telling you and you're like, is this just me or God? It's probably God because you know that you don't want to step out. You know, you're uncomfortable. So, you know, it's probably God. Or if God says, give this person, you know, at the church $150 because they're late on their rent. You don't want to give them $150. So I always know like this must be God because I don't want to give this person money. Like, but I know there's something telling me to do something good, something that I don't necessarily want to do, but it's something righteous and holy, then that's usually God telling you. And I'm telling you nine times out of 10, where I just obey the voice of God, I'm like, okay, Lord, I just, by faith, sometimes it feels like my voice, but you know what? I'm just going to step out by faith. God shows up and meets me there. 
So I would wow. just say, look at what look at what is what is the message. If it's obviously something that's against scripture, something that's bringing animosity in your life, confusion in your life, it's probably not God. Um, you're going to get offended by leaders. You're going to get offended by pastors. But again, you need to make sure you're looking to God. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. But we're not looking for a perfect leader. We're just looking for a godly leader. So you're never right. going to go to a perfect church. The moment you get there, the church is no longer perfect. You know, we're all imperfect. If I'm looking for a perfect yeah. church and I get there, the church is no longer perfect when I arrive. So um, I'm not looking for a perfect church. I'm not looking for a church that has every single thing in order and right because we're all learning. Revelation is unveiling. Yeah. And so we have to also give pastors space and time. You know, you might feel like, why well, more spiritual than the pastor? Well, pray for him. Pray that the Lord would open up his eyes because, again, you're not going to find that perfect church, but you just need to follow the voice of God, follow what the Holy Spirit is saying. But also don't be one of those people that is like, well, I, I heard God, I hear God, and I don't need a church, I don't need the Bible, I don't need to pray, I, I just follow prophets, I just hear God all the time. That's also not healthy and not biblical. We need to also make sure we're part of some type of local assembly or some type of believers around us and being in the Word of God and submitting to elders and having people speak into us as well. Yes. Thank you. You definitely answered my my question. I appreciate that. Awesome. Thanks so much for calling in. All right. Have a blessed one. God Goodbye. bless you. Awesome question. Some of these guys, I'll go short. Some of these, I'll go long. It just depends. I don't know why my background, I haven't used this this scene in so long. I'm not sure why the background keeps speeding up. So I apologize to some of you that are like, why is your background slowing down and then speeding up? I have no clue. I have no clue why it's doing that. So uh, I'll try to figure that out later. I don't know why it's doing that. It is what it is, though. You'll just have to deal with it speeding up and slowing down. Okay. We're going to take our next caller here. Thank you so much for calling in. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. Hey, uh, my name is Javier, and I'm calling in from Alaska. How's it going, Javier? Good. Good. How you Good. Doing? How's the weather in Alaska? It's uh, rainy. It's about like low 60s, cloudy. Oh, that's not gloomy. bad. That's not too bad. That's all right. Awesome, man. What's going on tonight? Yeah, man. So I had this, I had this experience a few years ago, and I just want to know your opinion about it. Yeah, go for it. So, yeah, so a few years ago, <clears throat> I was in my room, and I was just kind of just sitting there. And so I closed my eyes, right? And then as I'm closing my eyes, there's a small like white dot that's like emanating from like the middle of my forehead and it gets bigger, bigger and bigger. And then, in, and then I'm in this void, right. And I'm outside of space and time. So I'm like in another, like I'm outside of existence almost. And I look up and I see this spirit floating above me. And this, I like, I couldn't see the features of, a, of the spirit. It looked like, like a vapor. And the spirit asked me, like through my mind, like it was speaking to me to my mind. They asked me, like, no, I asked the spirit first. I said, what must I do? And then the spirit said, get in touch with Mother Nature. And then, and then they kissed my forehead, and I started falling. And then I had the free will to be able to stay there, but I knew I didn't belong there, so I allowed myself to fall. And then, I, and then I opened up my eyes, and then like I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, is this true? How could this be true? Like, is this is this is this real? And as I was thinking that, my wife, she was my girlfriend at the time, she said, she said, um, it's very important to get in touch with Mother Nature. Like, Mother Nature is healing. Mother Nature, you know, is there for us. And so I had that experience, and I'm always wondering, like, 
like you know like <laughs> how to explain that so so what do you think about that were you what were you at the time were you involved in christianity the new age like where were you at spiritually when this happened so <clears throat> it, it wasn't a time where um i believe like i like meditated a lot i um like so you were into the new age I it was it was new age, yeah. But I didn't do yeah. like no in, enchantments or nothing like that. I just meditated a lot and all that stuff. Yeah, I believed in like the third eye, and then I was like, I had my third eye. My third eye was actively open at the time. Yeah, that sounds like okay. So first of all, you know, Mother Nature is not biblical. Uh, Mother Nature is a, is a new age concept or something that is very highly recognized in the new age movement. There's people that will say like, you know, you pray to Mother Nature, you can like put your feet in the dirt in the morning and put your hands up and you know worship Mother Nature. They call it, there's a lot of weird stuff I don't want to go do because I don't want to get people curious about these practices. But it's definitely not mm -hmm. a biblical principle. There's God the Father, um, who's creator of all. Jesus, who's creator of all. The Holy Spirit, who's creator mm -hmm. of all. But there's no there's no Mother Nature in the Bible. And so the concept of like worshiping nature. If you look at like Romans one, it talks about people worshiping creation rather than creator. And then the Bible says, here's what happens, which would be like Mother Nature. And I put air quotes on the video here is the Bible says God turns them over to their own lust and they end up doing a whole bunch of stuff I can't even say on the stream or I'll get community guideline, right? They do a bunch of vile things, men with men, women with women. Um, God turns them over to a reprobate mind. So the, the idea of worshiping creation or like mother nature or nature. Now the, the contrast is the Bible says that nature proves the existence of God. So it says like in Romans one, when you see creation, everybody knows there's a God because of creation. Everybody plainly knows there's a God, but we don't worship the creation. The creation is a mirror of the invisible God, right? So the creation is a reflection of God's glory, God's power, God's awe, God's wonder. And then we know like, oh, you see a tree and then you realize, wow, like look at the complexity of just a tree. And then you go, okay, there has to be a God. You look at a bird, you look at a fish, you look at human body and you look how complex it is. You go, okay, there has to be a creator. That's what, that's the role of creation. That's literally the role of creation. It brings glory to God. It glorifies God. The Bible says, if we don't cry out and worship God, the rocks will. And there's a video I need to research. Someone said there's actually rocks actually make noise. They actually worship, which is a whole thing I haven't done research into. But my point is creation is to exalt, is to worship God, is to glorify God and bring honor to him. But we never worship Mother Nature. We never honor Mother Nature. We never acknowledge this idea of like Mother Nature or like a nature spirit, which the New Age would worship like nature, right? They would worship the tree. They'd worship. There's tons of tons of religions that revolve around worshiping creation rather than creator. So what it sounds like to me, I'm just going to give you my own first thing that comes to my mind. And I could be right. I could be wrong. It sounds like you're astral projecting, which is where like your spirit leaves your body and you're in the what some would call like the astral realm, which is a simple way or a complicated way of saying the spiritual realm. And to me, I would say you probably encountered a demon in the spiritual realm and you were astral projecting and then you came back in your body. Um, and then, you know, your girlfriend at the time had that, had that revelation of whatever. Sometimes the thing is this, when you're dealing in the spiritual realm or in spirits or doing deliverance, casting out demons or inviting demons in, if you're on the other side of the aisle, Whenever someone's in the room or in the, how do I say this? The proximity of that spirit or whatever spiritual experience, it's kind of like everybody gets, uh, gets like a download or everybody picks up on it. So I've been in like deliverances where God will tell me to do something or something happens. And the person next to me gets the same thing at the same time. And they're like, I think we should do this. I'm like, I just got that too. Cause something about the spiritual realm, it's almost like we all have these 
I don't know how to say it, like antennas of what's happening in the spiritual realm. We all kind of could pick up on it at the same time almost. So to me, it sounds like you have this astral experience, astral projection, spiritual experience. You encounter this demon, this entity, entity, and then your girlfriend also had some type of encounter at the same time and picked up on something different about it. And you were like, oh, this must be God. You know, she confirmed it. She said exactly <laughs> the same thing, which is the trick of the new age. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. it might've been God, but it might've been the lowercase God, right? It's like, what God? People say, I believe in God. I'm like, yeah, which one? There's a pantheon of gods. There's literally thousands of air quote gods, but they're all lowercase gods. They're the rulers of this world. They're the principalities of this world. There's only one uppercase G. And so we could, you know, we could believe in God or I believe in God, but a, a lot of people that say that don't believe in the God of the Bible. So Jesus isn't like a God. He's the only one. He's the God. He's the way, not a way. And so to me, that's what it sounds like. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's, I think that's interesting, man. Like, you know, if you're in the same vicinity as someone and you're having such a, like a powerful spiritual experience, like they can, they can pick up on it, like without them being aware of it, which, yeah. you know, I guess that makes sense. So like maybe she was having that same experience as I was and she didn't even know it. Yeah, or she and was then, just getting the thought. She was just getting the thought, you know, of uh, that spirit put a thought into her mind. And the thing is this, like, if, <clears throat> if we have spirits functioning in us, like, say we have demonic spirits before we're saved or we're involved in the new age, we're opening the door, like, whatever, right? I'm not going to say you or your mm -hmm. girlfriend or wife now has demons, none of that, whatever. You could take it however you want to take it. Those spirits communicate. So if you have a spirit, she has a spirit or whatever, those spirits communicate. So sometimes demons will literally speak out of people and people will be like oh i didn't even know why i said that or they'll, they'll lash out and they're like i'm sorry i don't even know where that came from i know where it came from it came from a demon the reason why you lashed out or you said something wild like dude before i was saved i used to say the most vile things ever and i would i would my unsafe friends would be like none of us are christian remember this right and they'd be like dude that's really dark like where did that come from and i would say things that were so vile I would sit there and go like, this is so dark. Where did that come from? And now I didn't know. Now I know where it was coming from. It was coming from demons. I was literally speaking out. Demons were speaking through me. I just thought it was me doing it and saying it. But I know now like, oh, that vileness that I spoke out. Like I, I didn't know that was a demon because the demon's not going to say, hey, here I am. I'm living in you. Say this for me. They're going to make their voice sound like your thoughts and speak out of us and give us the and, and, and emotions and impressions. So it's likely that could have also been playing into this to some extent. Now, are you a believer now? How long have you been a believer? What What's the story now in your life? Yeah, yeah, I'm a believer for sure. It's funny because um, my wife, like, I think it was like maybe a few weeks after that, I brought home a Bible. And so, you know, I read it and then, um, you know, I was born again, you know, I became born yeah. again. I mean, I've always, I've always believed, like, I can't say I've always believed, but like, I know God has always been there for me, you know? Like, yeah. he's, he known us before we were born, you know? So I know he's always been there for me and he, and I always pick up on the things he would say and speak to me, you know, but, uh, once like I got the Bible and I, and I, you know, put the word in me, then it really, that, that's what really changed my life. So yeah, I'm a believer for sure. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And a lot of times God will use what the enemy meant for bad and use it for good. So there's times where you have these spiritual experiences and God, and they're not of God, but God uses them to bring you to him. So I always say like, it was the devil that walked Jesus to the cross. So sometimes the devil brings us, he overplays his hand and we have these like supernatural, or we do new age or whatever it is. And those actually lead us to like, oh, maybe there's a genuine, cause that's the counterfeit and it is real. 
it is real. Like these experiences, these are not fake. A lot of pastors are like, oh, that's just fake. No, it's not. It's a real. You really had that experience, but it's just a counterfeit version of the true power of God, the true experiences God can give you, which bring clarity, life, joy, peace. They're not confusing. They don't tell you to worship mother nature. They're not, you know, any of that. So man, I'm glad that you found your way. It does, it does sound like, you know, you had a demonic encounter and, uh, Man, I'm glad that you found your way and you're born again and you're serving God now. It's amazing to hear. Yeah, man. Thanks, bro. Thanks for clearing that, clearing that up. I appreciate it. Absolutely, bro. Good hearing from you. I hope to talk to you again someday. All right, man. See you later. All right. God bless. Take care. Really good question there. Yeah, a lot of you have had these experiences. I had experiences where I was like, what was that? And uh, demonic, right? I remember one time driving home from this person's house and doing stuff I should not have been doing. And I felt like someone was sitting next to me in the car. And I looked over because it felt that real. And I was like, oh, there's something in the car with me. Now I look back, I'm like, oh, it was a demon. <laughs> it was a demon in the car with me. I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. I was leaving and it followed me home. Um, yeah, you don't know at the time, but now I'm like, oh, it's demonic. Okay, let's take the next caller here. Yeah, we just jumped from 900 viewers to 2,000. So I don't know what's going on with YouTube or Restream. Something's weird happening, but it's okay. Thank you so much for calling in. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. It's Quaylin, and I'm calling from New Jersey. How are you? I'm well. I love you so much. You're just doing great work. Thank you. Are you going to be in New Jersey next weekend? Am I going to get to meet you? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I'm going to go online five is over and register yeah go register to that it's going to be a great time i would love to meet you there and then when i meet you you could say i was the person that called you on friday oh i definitely am you'll know me you'll know uh, uh, from any- awesome awesome what's going on tonight okay um so i have a question i have always wondered what my gift is and what my calling on my life is And um, so I have dreams a lot that come to pass and um, I've had, I've had things happen to me in my life that has brought me to where I am today in my relationship with God. And I just wanted to know, like, um, like prime example, I had a dream one time, um, my daughter's father, he was killed and, um, I still had a dream about him. He was in my dream and I crashed the car and all of the engine pieces fell out of this car. And he got so mad at me. He said, you ruined my car engine. And I said, no, I didn't. And in my dream, I get out and I put all these car engine pieces back. And I knew in my dream that I was not a mechanic, but I turn the car back on and the car starts back up. And I wake up and I thought it was so funny because I'm like, why did the car engine pieces fall out? It didn't make sense to me. Well, that was a Saturday. That Sunday I went to church and the pastor has someone filling in for him that day. And the message of the day was, is it time for a spiritual tune up? Mm. And she's like 46 minutes into the sermon. And she says, Pastor called me Saturday. He asked me to fill in for him. I told him yes. She prepared a sermon and she had everything written and ready for Sunday. Sunday morning at 528 in the morning, she says the Holy Spirit came to her and told her not to use the sermon that she had prepared, 
but he wanted her to use the message, is it time for a spiritual tune-up? And he wanted her to use the analogy of a car engine. Wow. And she's, yeah, and, and this, this happens all the time. Even before my daughter's father passed, I have four dreams of him dying. And I didn't tell him about these dreams until the fourth dream because my sister showed up and my sister is deceased. And in my dream, she tells me, like, Quaylen, such and such is going to go and do something. And they tell me what he's going to do. They say he's going to go steal some cars off of a lot. And the dream ends up being kind of like horrific. But it, w- it was more than it was. It was less horrific um, when I woke up and I'm crying and I tell him about this dream. And he shook. He's like so scared. And he tells me. He says, you remember when I left at four in the morning? And I tell him, yeah. And he says, I met with this guy and he asked me if I wanted to go steal some cars off of a lot. So a lot of my, yeah, a lot of my dreams come to pass. And um, I mean, I could go on and on and I just don't know. So my house burned down. Okay. And I was displaced for eight months. And I, I used to call myself homeless until I really learned what homeless was. Jesus was homeless. And I learned that I was displaced. Well, in that, I was stripped of every material thing. And my daughter almost died in the fire. And I, I saw that she was a living miracle. If I, if I will go into details, but I'll save that for whenever I meet you face to face. And um, it brought me very close to where I'm at today. So I had a I had a job offer and one was in a financial um, institution and the other one was dealing with homeless people. And for the first time in my life, I I had two options. So I, I asked God, I had started praying a lot and I never really started reading my Bible until this year because I couldn't understand it. And I asked him, what should I do? And I was contemplating on which job to take. And I I said, if I took this financial job, I would have to rely on somebody to watch my daughter. So the person that I thought about when I prayed to God that night, he showed me in my dream in so many ways that I could not leave my daughter with this person. This person ended up being my dream. And when I woke up, I said, okay, he showed me. So a lot of times, like, you know how they say God will reveal himself to you. I always ask him to reveal himself to me, but I just don't know what my God given gift is. And I read. I mean, hold on, hold on. You just said you don't know what your God given gift is, but it sounds like, I mean, to me, some of the, it's hard to tell sometimes the dreams, right? Some can be from the enemy. Some can be from God, but it sounds like you have like a prophetic gifting that God has made you like a prophetic intercessor. And and that would just mean God shows you events. God shows you future things so that you can intercede. You can stand in the gap. Um, if you look at the Bible, like there's horrific things that would happen. God would tell the prophets so that they would pray, so that they would seek the Lord, so that they would know before the calamity. And so for you, if God's showing you, if it is God, and I can't sit here and tell you 100%, this is God. This isn't God. This is God. I'm not, I'm not the person that can do that. Um, but if you're like, man, these dreams, I feel like are from God, then you need to intercede for those events or those people or against those events, or God is showing you like, Hey, there's a spirit of death coming against this person. There's a spirit of trauma, a spirit of whatever. And you need to war against that. You need to fast. You need to pray. Like if you ever, if you've ever had this happen, I'll have it where it's like, 
11 at night, midnight, or whatever, I'm in bed laying there, or so, some random time, and a name pops in my head, and the Lord's like, I know now, he doesn't always even tell me, but I know like, oh, that, I need to pray right now. Like, I already know that's God, I know the names, I know it wasn't me thinking them, and I'm gonna pray, pray, pray. The next day, they say, oh man, I went through this thing at 10 o'clock last night, and I'm like, I was praying for you at 10 o'clock. That's, that's God giving me a prophetic revelation so I could intercede, right? It's not so I could just be wow. like, oh, God gave me the name or God told me to pray for this person. Like I was one time in a grocery store and God immediately said, a person's name said, pray in the spirit right now for them. And I'm like, well, I'm in the grocery store, God. Can you wait till a little bit later? Anyways, I started praying right there under my breath in the spirit for that person for like five or 10 minutes. And I pray until the burden lifts. Once the burden lifts and I feel like, okay, I could stop praying, then I know whatever needed to happen, happened, right? Hebrews 1, we know angels come and they minister. We know the angels carry our prayers. So whatever needs to happen in the angelic realm, the spiritual realm, I'm going to pray until something happens. And then I left that grocery store and a family member's like, I just got in a car accident. The same time, exact minute, wow. God told me to pray in the grocery store. They're like, I just got in an accident, but it was totally all God. Nothing, I'm not hurt at all. So I didn't even realize like God was having me intercede in the, in tongues and in, in, in the spirit. I didn't know what I was praying yes. for a family member that was literally getting in an, a car accident. This was many years ago. My point in saying all that is these are not things to just put in a drawer. I would, if I was you, have a notebook, a dream notebook, right? It's just a notebook for dreams. Put it on the side of your bed and you get that, you get that dream. You wake up in the middle of the night. Don't say, I'll just write it down tomorrow because you're not going to remember it tomorrow, okay? You get up mm -hmm. right when you have that dream. You write it down. And if you need to pray right there, pray right there. But you write it down. Then in the morning, you can pray. You can ask the Lord. I have a whole video about like interpreting dreams and how to test if it's from God or the devil. You could just search Isaiah out of our dreams and you'll find it. My point is, get that, write it down. Show God I'm taking my gifting serious. If it is a gift from God, and this is a gift God's given you of dreams and prophecy. Let's just say it is. Then I'm God. I'm going to take this gift serious. I'm going to take this. If God's giving me a gift to preach, then I'm going to take preaching serious. If God's giving me a gift of hospitality, I'm going to take it serious. If God's giving me a gift of word of knowledge, if I'm going around getting words of knowledge and download for people, like I'm going to take that serious and I'm going to start utilizing that for the glory of God. Because if we don't utilize it and take it serious, then God's like, why do I keep showing you these things if you don't do nothing with them? So for you, I'm not saying you have it, right? I'm just saying, write them down, get a dream journal going, start praying over these, start asking the Lord, looking up scriptures. What I'll do is like, if I have a dream of a river or something, right? A, a prophetic dream, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And I know it's from God. This sounds so, you know, kind of like basic, but it's so profound. I will go to Google and just type in every scripture with rivers, every scripture with um, vultures, every scripture with snakes, every scripture with whatever it is. And then I'll start looking up. What does that mean? Is there a Bible verse? Is God going to use the word to speak to me? Is it symbolic? Why was I at the river with my uncle in this dream? Why yes. was I with a cousin, at, you know, at, at a funeral? What does that mean in the scripture? What is it? And you start praying. And so it sounds like to me that God's giving you this prophetic gift. The only conclusion I could come up with is so you could be an intercessor, so you can pray so you can stand in the gap. Bottom line is our prayers do stuff. Our prayers matter. God's called us to intercede. That literally means to stand in the gap. Your husband, your boyfriend, whoever it is, they have maybe no relationship with God, but you do. So what you can do is you can stand in the gap for them and you can pray wow. and God can spare them or spare calamity or whatever. So that's what it sounds like now when it comes to what is my calling in life? I ask people all the time, what are you passionate about? 
Like, because a lot of times your calling is connected to your passion. If I have the Holy Spirit in me, if I'm giving my life to Jesus, this is only this is only for unbelievers, by the way. If you're not an unbeliever, if you're not a believer, this doesn't count. This is only for believers. If I'm a believer and I have the heart of God and the passions of God and I've been made new and I'm a new creature and my spirit's regenerated and I'm passionate about something, then that's probably a God-given desire. That's usually where my calling is going to be, right? Like if I'm passionate about reaching people in high school or passionate about helping the poor or passionate about starting an organization or maybe I'm passionate about business. Well, how could I utilize that business passion for the honor and the glory of God? So I would just run with your passions, preach to people. Obviously, that's everyone's calling. Praying for the sick is everyone's calling. Casting out demons is everyone's calling. Making disciples is everyone's calling. That's the general call. But then the specific call is where are your gifts? Sounds like for you would be like a prophetic gift. Where are your passions? And then really just chasing those, pursuing those, and letting the Holy Spirit work through those. I know I'm preaching a whole sermon right here. But uh, but yeah, it sounds like that's kind of where you're at and where God's taking you. Wow. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Does that help at all? Yes, it does. It really does. Because um, I have a lot of friends who are, who are in the new age spiritualism. Yes. And one of my girlfriends, I had a dream about her. And it's so crazy because when I dream, a lot of the times I have understanding because what he's showing me. And again, I did not start reading the Holy Bible until this year, but he shows me one time with one of my friends and we go back and forth a lot on, on God. And she's like into the crystals and whatever. And, um, in my dream, I, I won like a million dollars and I knew immediately that I was not rich money wise. I knew that mm. God was showing me and joy that I was rich in happiness that I was rich in wow. love and I go to her house and it looked like she had been crying and she looks at me and she says hold on and she goes in her room and then she took too long so I walk in her room and I could tell she had been wiping her face and when I look at her tears just start falling from her eyes and I walk over to her and I don't I don't hug or anything but I'm very calm and I said look at this and I open up my purse and it's all of these wads of money. And I hand her like two stacks and she says, thank you. And when I wake, and when I wake up, I called her and I told her, but I didn't say to her, you know, that I knew God was showing me that I was rich in joy. I just shared it with her. I was like, you were in my dream and you were crying. That was the point. The fact yes. that she was crying and I was sharing my rich, my wealth with her. And, um, she did not share with me until two weeks later. She said, she texted me and she says, it's funny that God is using you for me because remember the dream that you had? She said, I didn't want to tell you, but I've been crying for two weeks straight. And she wow. shares deeper what she was going through. And it's still a battle with people, but um, that's just like a prime example of, of, I guess like me being more confident in what I know God is using me for. Yes. Yes. Be, yes. Be confident in it. You know, Hey, God is showing me, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to reach out to you. Be confident in it. I always say like, I feel like God is showing me this, but what do you think? I'm not, I'm not definitively saying thus says the Lord and I'm not going to sit here and blast somebody, but it's like, Hey, I feel like God is showing me this about your life. What do you feel? Am I off? Am I on and, uh, and mm -hmm. step out and do what you've been doing. God will definitely step in and meet you where you're at and continue to use you. It's amazing that, you know, you're a year in serving God. God will give you stuff. The new age movement can't give you 
success can't give you. I've talked to people that are at the top of the ladder with millions of multi-millions and millions of dollars. I've talked to celebrities that were the number one in their world at a time. And all of them will tell you the same thing. It's all empty. It's all lonely. It's all nothing um, compared to knowing Christ. And so God's going to use you for your friends, your family that are not saved, that are in the new age. This, there's no going back. This is your life now. You're a new creature. You're born again. You're serving God. You're serving a life sentence for Jesus. And you just need to keep going for it. Keep doing what you're doing. Live holy. Get involved in the local church. Get in your Bible. Fast. Pray. Start ministering to people. And, and it'll be good for you. Okay? Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless. Thanks for calling in. God bless. All right. We're going to take... We only have two from Zoom, and then we have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven callers, uh, phone callers. So let's take a Zoom. We haven't taken any Zoom yet. We're going to take Trinity here, joining in via Zoom. The Zoom does take a little bit longer, so it'll take a second to get through. And make sure you guys are patient with everybody. Be respectful and all that. Trinity, how are you? I'm good. Can you hear me? Yes. I know your voice. You've called in before. No, I haven't. I haven't called in before. Oh, it's um, your first time calling think- in? It is. I'm watching you on live. This is so weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're live. Um, awesome. Well, your, your voice I'll does be, sound familiar, but thanks for calling in. Yeah, I'll be really quick. I don't want to keep people up because I know like the anxiety of like waiting to see. Oh, but, no um, worries. I'm from what, a, where are you from? I'm from Australia, Melbourne. So awesome. long way away. Yeah, um, I just I'm I'm calling. I'll give you a little like I want to be really quick. I'll give you a quick. Yeah, no rush. No of, rush. No problem. Of where I'm at. Um, I was saved in 2021. Um, you're actually the first ministry I watched. So wow, praise, praise the Lord. Lord. Um, I was saved in, from a family. No one in my family is Christian. Uh, my uncle was into witchcraft in a spiritualist center. Um, and I met my partner not long after I was saved, and he actually showed me your channel. And I was watching Vlad. I was watching you. I'm actually now a part of TSNL. So awesome. praise the Lord. I'm in a group for that. Um, so I had deliverance, I had healing, I was evangelizing, I was preaching in the streets, like I was on fire and like I experienced everything that the gospel tells you to. Like I was, you know, spiritual warfare, the the marine kingdom, like all the things that we're meant to know about. I was awake to straight away. The the veil was lifted off my eyes, praise the Lord. And I saw that and then I was on fire and I kind of fell into the the religious kind of church kind of thing. Um Pastors weren't preaching deliverance. Um, There was no deliverance happening in the church. They weren't preaching on spiritual warfare. So I was having no way to be fed. So I guess my question here is, how do you sustain that fire after being radically saved from something insane and still kind of being in that environment of that's not being preached? If that makes sense. You know, it it makes sense. And it's really hard. It's a huge problem. And that is why, you know, when I got saved, I was like, okay, I need to start something at my house. I need to start prayer. God told me to start praying. And then hundreds and hundreds of people came to my house and my friends were getting saved, my family. And actually, I don't want to call anyone out here, but the church I got saved at and was going to at the time pretty much told me, like, you're going to have to shut your house group down and shut this down because it's conflicting. You have like 400 people going to your house and we have service, all that stuff, the whole church stuff, that the politics. And I'm like, no, I can't shut this down. My family's getting saved. My friends are getting saved. A lot of times organized religion is the greatest enemy to revival and a lot of times god moves outside of organized religion because god knows if i move there they're going to take credit for it but if god moves in your life you're like how could i take credit for it i i don't even i just encountered god i'm radical i'm on fire so it is really hard um 
it is it's a very big challenge it's a, what a lot of people are going through they get saved on the live or they get saved in a revival meeting and they're like well what church do i go to all yeah. these churches are dead and so oftentimes people just end up starting a church at their house starting a bible study yeah. starting some type yeah. of group with people around their age hey we're gonna pray going door to door we're gonna pray at my house if anyone wants to come over friends and family yeah. and starting revival like that because you really won't survive a lot of times in a nominal church if yeah. you don't have a really solid prayer life, getting in the word. See, for me, it was like yeah. I had to really be strong on being in prayer, getting in the word. To this yeah. day, if I stop praying, if I stop getting the word, I get extremely lazy. I get extremely complacent. Like to this day, I have to fight to keep the fire burning, fight to stay yeah. passionate because it's yeah. very easy to get caught in the routine. And it, it just gets yeah. harder and you get married and you start having kids. And it's like you just go into the normal life of being, you know, married with kids and this and that. So you really have to get a solid prayer life, especially, you know, you've been saved just a few years now, a solid prayer life, getting in the word, getting around some on fire people. Um, but at the end, but, but also like. I don't want to all paint this like beautiful picture. It's a very lonely road. It's a very lonely yeah. road. You know, the Bible says count the cost. It says like what soldier is going to get their army? What general is going to get their army and not have enough troops and still go to battle? What builder yeah. is going to try to strive to build this massive building but not have enough material? So the Bible says before yeah. you try and do this stuff for God, count the cost. Like it's going to be hard. It's going to be time consuming. Yeah. The road of discipleship, yeah. it is a lonely road. It is a lonely road, yeah. you know, and I'm not like, woe is me I, to this day, though. I have like a few friends. It's like the living this life, this radical life where all you want to talk yeah. about and do is like serving God, serving God is you're not going to have mm -hmm. a ton of friends. You're not going to have this. Yeah. All these people agreeing with you. And, and right now, I'm sure Australia is very similar to America. Most of the churches in America are just complacent, lukewarm yeah. country clubs, check in, check mm. out, no power, no demonstration, no encounter. Yeah. yeah, it's just tickle me Elmo. Exactly. You already know. And so um, yeah. you have to really just get your own fire, get your own passion and really just serve There's, God. And it does help to have a few people around you, though. Yeah, because I'm um, being in TSNL has really been like a really beneficial thing as well. Like having these people like bringing you up, like they believe the truth. That's the, the point. Yes. And they're not just believing it. They're preaching and practicing. Cause I think there's two different things. You can preach it, but not practice it. And that becomes very hard to believe someone if they believe it. Yes. But um, something that I also have is like, I have a really big heart for evangelism and I've been having, I literally kid you not, I've actually walked away from a big like church, like with like, you know, a bunch of people. And I'm actually at a house church now with the leader of our TSNL group. He started his house church. And since then, I have had a dream every single night about different people, me evangelizing to them or the Lord speaking to them. And there's been breakthrough in my life, like just since Amazing. then. So it's really encouraging to have like, because it's hard. Some people are like, you can't do that. You need to be going here, religious this, religious that. But I know the Spirit's leading me to to just the truth. And you don't need a church building. You just need Jesus. So yeah, yeah it's really encouraging. And yeah, we, at the end of the day, it's like we, the people of God are the church. Are the so church. where two or more Amen. are gathered there in the midst of them, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling together of the brethren as many have. So getting together, like yeah. you said, whether it's a house, wherever it's at, I would love it if it could be a huge building. But sadly, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times when you get to that size, you just yeah. go through the motions. Like my church, I love my church. And I'm going to tell you why. The senior pastor is like, I want God to move. I don't care. You know, we run four services. We have not enough room. Mm -hmm. We have several thousand people coming with a small building and people, the pastor's like, we just want God to move. We don't care. Deliverance, yeah. miracles, 
praying for the sick every service you can come get prayer we baptize in water every service like let's just let god move even though we have tons of people coming and we're trying to get people in and out because we have a small parking lot and we have all these constraints he he's never once told me you need to hurry because we we're trying to turn the parking lot even though i know we are i know there's like a mess out there a mile of cars to the freeway He's just like, yeah. let's let the Holy Spirit move. Let's let God Amen. move, whatever God wants to do. And so for me, I'm like, that's that's what I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of, again, no church is perfect. No church has it all together. But if the senior pastor is like, I just want God to move, I could get, I could work with that. I could be there. I could yeah. serve there. Um, it's yeah. not going to be exactly everything I want, but it doesn't matter because I want to be a place where the Holy Spirit has freedom to move and, and to do yeah. that. And once Amen. you get bigger and bigger, a lot of times the bigger the building gets the more the smaller the holy spirit gets we squeeze them out of the building and we're like ah there's no room for you here because we have all these big givers we have buildings that we have to pay for and if if we do deliverance it'll offend the big givers and we can't pay the building it's going to yeah. go into foreclosure i, I don't want to bore you with all the details but yeah i think you're and on the right track yet. just keep going for it you're on fire i'm so excited that you got saved you you i was the first one that yeah. you saw and it's an honor to be able to see god you know save people like you and and it's just an exciting time to be alive yeah, of course. And I think as well, like I'm, I'm praying that I can make it to come to like, even just see one of the, the services that you preach at. It would be so amazing. Cause I just have yes. to thank you and I'm no all glory be to Jesus Christ, but I want to thank you for being so surrendered and just not lukewarm. You don't care what people think you're just here. Cause you love the Lord. And I have to give thanks to you for that. Cause thank you so you've much. Really, it means a you've lot. really brought me such a long way. Like I have to honor you in that. Cause I don't know where I'd be, man, if I didn't have just like people online preaching the truth. So thank you. That means a lot. Thank you so much. You know, it's, it gets discouraging doing what we do. And so hearing testimonies like that, they just make it all worth it. And so I appreciate that. And I hope to go to Australia one day. It's like my number one bucket list place that I want to go. I love the accent. I'm hoping that I can go and pick up the accent and then I'll just have a permanent Australian accent, but we'll see. Hopefully that happens. I think my accent's disgusting. I'm like, no, I want an American accent. I love, I love Australian accents. Everybody, I think everybody here loves it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. Thanks for calling in. Hope to meet you someday. Yeah. Thank you so much. You too. God bless you. All right. God bless. Take care. All right. Awesome. We'll take the next caller. Yeah, you guys all know I want an Australian accent. I don't know how to get one. If I could buy one, I would I would order it right now. But I'm hoping that if I go to Australia and stay for a little while, then I'll just pick up on it because uh, I love the Australian accent. It's my favorite accent. So hopefully I've always wanted one since I was a kid. So where can I get one? Guys, let me know if you know. I already looked on like Amazon Prime. I've already looked online where to get an Australian accent. I can't find where to buy them. So let me know if you guys know where I can get one. All right, let's let's take the next caller here. Thank you so much for calling in. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. Hi, uh, this is Kyle from Florida. How you doing, Isaiah? Good. How are you, Kyle? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. I'm. It feels crazy to be speaking to you because I watch so many of your videos. So I'm a real person, man. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. Well, I got. I actually have a question. So um, I started a men's group, a Bible study a few weeks ago and we have some guys that have really been struggling in the faith and it's something that i've been doing my best to help them through but i'm also doing a lot of learning so one of the questions that they had brought up and we were getting deep into it and uh, i wanted to be able to answer it properly through scripture which is obviously truth i wanted to know how would i explain to someone when they ask god is all-knowing and he's a person that has already predestined and knows who's already going to go to heaven. But we 
uh, as most of us say, have free will. So if we have free will, doesn't that mean we could still go the opposite direction, which is to hell? So um, I'm not sure how to answer that. Does that make sense? Yeah, so like the confusion between like God predestined, so God knows who will be saved and who won't. So how does that mean we have free will of God predestined? So I would say just because you know something doesn't mean you're the cause of something. So if I know, for example, that tomorrow at six o'clock, you know, you're going to get a flat tire on highway, whatever. Just because I know that information and you might not know that and then you get a flat tire, you wouldn't call me and say, hey, dude, why'd you give me a flat tire? Like, I didn't give you the flat tire. I knew you were going to get it. But just because I knew you still got in your car and drove down that freeway and got a flat tire. It wasn't, I didn't cause it. Um, you have the choice to get in your car and drive. And, and that's the product of driving is you get flat tires. So the, the fact that I had the information doesn't mean I was the cause. And a lot of people, they confuse knowing something with causing something. So they say, well, if God knows and allows this to happen, uh, then that means I don't have free will. But it's God, just because God's all knowing doesn't mean God is all causing. So God is not causing like the evil in the world. Well, how, how could that evil happen if God's all powerful, all knowing? Well, God knew it was going to happen. God knew this will really, this really messes with me. God knew Adam and Eve were going to sin before they even sin. And that's why the Bible says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. That's literally what the Bible says. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So before Adam and Eve were even made, God already had a sacrifice God already knew that they were going to turn from him in sin. So then you're like, well, why did God give them a choice? Why wouldn't God just make them have to serve him? Well, then we'd be robots. So free will, because love has to have a choice. Free will gives us the ability to love God back and to have a choice. But, but God does know right now, God knows every single person that's going to go to heaven or hell. Should I stop evangelizing? No, because I'm going to be part of reaching people and seeing them getting saved because I'm going to preach to them and they're going to be part of the people that even though God knew they were going to go to heaven, without me opening up my mouth, they might not have gone to heaven. So um, I just see it as very simple. God knows, but God doesn't cause. These things are not the cause of God. The Bible says God wills no one to perish. God does not want one person. God does not cause people to perish and to be unsaved, but he wants every person to come to repentance. So he doesn't want people, when I mean perish, the Bible speaking of die and go to hell. doesn't mean just die. It means he wills that no one is unsaved. No one goes to hell, but he wants every man to come to repentance. So the will of God is everybody saved. Now, is everyone going to get saved? No. Why? Because we have free will. So his will is no one is unsaved. No one goes to hell, but many people will go to hell. Many people are destined to go to hell because they'll reject God and they'll turn from God, even when God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But the Bible says even before that, Pharaoh had already hardened his heart. So it wasn't like Pharaoh wasn't hardening his heart. God was hardening it. But before God did, Pharaoh was already doing it. So again, these are things that we can argue about, debate about. I just look at it very simple. God knows, but God doesn't cause. We still all have free will. Even though we're predestined, um, that's why a lot of like Calvinists would argue and say like they believe in like predestination and irresistible grace where it's like no matter what you're going to get saved even if you don't want to because God knows you're going to get saved and the grace of God is irresistible and they have all these doctrines. I don't believe personally that they're scriptural, but they have all these doctrines trying to figure out what me and you were talking about when at the end of the day, it makes sense to me. But even if it doesn't make sense, like, you know what? I'm not God. I'm finite. God is all-knowing. He's eternal. He's so much infinitely more powerful. And honestly, bro, there's times where I'm just like, I don't need to understand. 
I can't explain it. I don't need to understand it. I just have faith. I believe the Bible and I'm just going to follow God. And when I get to heaven, maybe it'll make sense to me, but we have to be okay with just going, okay, God, I trust you. I don't understand it all or know it all, but I just trust in you. I hope that helps a little bit with your question. I hope I'm even on the right track. If I'm even answering in line with what you were even asking. No, that was spot on. That was excellent. And thank you for sharing that. I do have one last question. Will this yeah, go be recorded for so I could share what you just said? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I will not be able to portray that message you just gave to the people because uh, that was that was amazing. And I appreciate it. Absolutely. So it's going to be on YouTube and it'll be if you want to write this down, it'll be at the out like about the one hour or 55 minute mark. So you can find it. It'll be forever on YouTube and Facebook. So go skip forward like 55 minutes to an hour and it'll be right here for you archived. And then maybe we'll even make it a clip on the second channel or something. Perfect. Um, with that being said, there's a couple different points you were making in the Bible. Is there any specific books or scriptures you would tell me to be able to kind of show them so that I can remember to say, hey, this is what was talked about to basically give me the understanding of the question that I had. Yeah, so I, I don't have like what I was saying. I don't have specific verses memorized down. I can give you a couple on like God predesti like predestination if you want that. Yeah, that, anything would be great. Okay, so Ephesians 1.5 says he predestined us for adoption to himself as son through Jesus Christ, according to his will. Um, Romans 8, 29 talks about how he foreknew and also predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Let me give you the one. Um, okay, there's a bunch here on the calling. One second. Let me find this one that I was talking about. That lamb was slain. Thank okay. you, Isaiah. I appreciate it. No problem. So here is Revelation 13, chapter 13, verse 8. And then it says this, uh, let me give it to you in the, let me find what version I want to give it to you in. Uh, let's see, there's, where is it at? Where is it at? Okay, New King James says, all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life, uh, the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And then some translations say the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world or from before the creation of the world. But they all pretty much say the same thing. The lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. Okay, awesome. That really helps a lot, and I'm really excited to share this because when I have the next Bible study, this is something that they want to pick back up and talk about again because it's a valid question that a few of them had, and I wanted to make sure that I'd be able to deliver the message in a way that they would not only be able to stand but uh, understand but be able to walk away with that and feel good about the conversation that we had, which is on God's truth. So, Yeah, absolutely, and also let the guys know let the guys know this let them know we have to be okay with not understanding everything fully in this life like this life is such a vapor and such a small part of eternity it's nothing like 70 years in comparison to let's say 50 trillion years which obviously eternity is way longer than 50 trillion years but let's just pretend eternity's it's like 70 years compared to 50 trillion years it, there's no comparison there's no way to even equate it in our finite minds so our minds are finite and God is infinite. So we have to also get to a place that's very healthy just to say, I can't fully explain the Trinity. I can't fully explain why the Bible says this. I can't fully explain. The Bible says like, who can understand me? God tells that, tells the people that like, who can you compare me to? Who, who, uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah, to the prophets, he says, to whom can you compare me to? There's no other God like me. 
They all have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. So God is an incomparable, uncomprehendable, um, limitless God that like, I know we all want to figure it out, but we could teach and do all this. But at the same time, we you have to tell the guys, look guys, God is so much greater than us. And there are some of these things that you guys are going to get stuck on and try to figure out, but let's just have faith in God. Let's believe the word of God. Let's take it for what it is and we'll figure it all out in the next life. But right now we need to just honor God, serve God and worry about the stuff that's important. Cause some of these things, you know, we could spend hours going down the rabbit trail of like, is the tribulation before, after pre-trib, post-trib, should we do this? Should we not? And the doctrine is like, Let's just believe God. Let's trust in God. Let's keep the main things, the main things. And uh, some people, they literally will just backslide because they, they can't figure something out. It's like, all right, let's just realize God's infinite and we're not and uh, trust him at his word. Amen. Amen. Isaiah, thank you so much. Thanks and, for calling uh, God in. God bless you and your family. Absolutely. God bless you, brother. Thank Take you. care. God bless. All right, let's take the next caller. Great question. Great question. All right, we're going to take our last person on Zoom. We've taken like, uh, I don't know, what, three or four phone calls, and then we took one Zoom. So let's take the last Zoom caller whose name is Admin, which I'm sure that's not your name, but let's connect you here. And as always, be respectful in the comment section to the callers. Okay. We're trying to connect them. The Zoom does take a little bit longer, and I am reading the comments. So, so just so you guys know, if you have any input, let me know in the chat. Feels good to do this. We need to do this more. I know I said that six months ago, but we do need to do this more. Also, I have another stream idea I'll tell you guys about later. And you can let me know what you think. But yeah, that's after. Remind me. All right, admin, if you can connect to audio, it says you have no mic. So admin, if you can hit your audio at the bo bottom, you're on Zoom right now. You're in the call with me, but it says that you're not connected to audio. So hopefully it doesn't kick you out. But go ahead and connect. Oh, I hope it doesn't kick you out. Yeah, I just lost you. I'm sorry, admin. I lost you. You had no mic and it kept connecting and kicked you. So, all right, let's take our next caller. Thank you so much for calling in. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. Hello. How's it going? I'm sorry, admin. Hey, man, uh, this is crazy. It's, it's like the the live is a little off track from your phone call. Yeah, it's it's delayed. Uh, the server delays it about like five seconds, I think. Wow, dude. Wow. How's it going, um, man? Hey, my name's Michael. <laughs> it's going good. Um, pretty awesome. Kind of nerve-wracking, honestly. Uh, I was actually praying the entire time trying to get the right question, and God kind of put a question on my mind that I kind of gasped in the process uh, oh no worries man listen it's it's cool man where are you from uh from north carolina okay awesome a lot of people on yeah, the east man. coast tonight yeah uh if you don't mind i'm not gonna preach or anything uh just if you don't mind just to give me like a minute just to tell you kind of like how this feels Does that makes sense yeah go for it yeah um so two years ago i was radically saved like from chief sinner to uh, i wake up the next day after repenting i, I repented to god and uh, everything was just different i i couldn't see the same things anymore i i could listen to the same music it was just like a complete day and night change and you know fast forward the girl i was dating at the time um i remember one time i caught up on jesus because i read the bible i was, I was 
trying to find answers. I read in the Bible that, you know, if you call upon him, you know, he'll come. And so I called upon Jesus one time and literally the entire room was just like, well, this is from my, what my, uh, my ex-girlfriend said. She said that like the entire room, she was like watching me like in a separate area that it was just like flashing like white, bright lights. And I felt like it was such a peace. And I had to find out. I said, who is Jesus? I need to find out who Jesus is. I knew he was the son of God. And I need to find out more. So literally, I heard the all voice of God later on. And I was trying to find some answers a couple of weeks later. And, you know, he said, Jesus, God. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And everything was just concreted since then. Um, I literally started speaking in different languages, just tongues, I found out. And I said, this is, this is like the Da Vinci Code. This is unreal. <laughs> and um, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah, because I had no knowledge of the Bible like that. Uh, the guy I talked to was like a, a Baptist pastor. And he literally was like, wow, that sounds like biblical, holy, you know, the Holy Spirit baptism. And then I started getting like, I started going through some spiritual warfare, like pretty heavy, pretty heavy. And I was talking about it. And he's just like, oh my gosh, I'll pray for you. <laughs> and so literally I had, God the entire time teaching me those like first four or five months. Um, he was teaching me how to cast out demons, you know, new tongue, tongues. And I had pretty much like no communion because the churches where I'm at, they're all pretty religious. Um, so I was, I literally got in contact with like, or should I say, I literally encountered like angels more than I did my own brother. And, you know, they confessed Jesus Lord and all that stuff. It was, it was biblical. And, and then I found you online and i'm like wow this sounds like a lot of what god taught me so and since then man, I've, I've grown that's so amazing it's, it's what pretty, year was this this is may 2021 i was uh saved so it's been two years dude i love it a bunch of people tonight got saved in 2021 and 2020 so i love what god is doing and how old are you i'm 26 now that is awesome man God is so good. I love to hear it. That's incredible. Yeah, he is. He's good. He's good. Just hopefully everyone gets saved. <laughs> um, but the, the the question that God put on my mind is, well, he gave me a, a pretty big task recently, and he wanted me to. He wants me to preach the gospel, and because it's really funny how he works. I was asking him for a different prayer, like for about the past two weeks and he usually answers and he answered my prayer, but he made it second. So he pretty much made it to where, you know, God's will goes first. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Um, and I've only preached like one time or barely preaching at that one event where you had, um, at, you know, that deliverance movie you made. Yeah. Um, so while everyone was leaving, I had no plans on doing this whatsoever. <laughs> I had I was with my sister. Literally, my body just moved. Like I literally just turned around and just started preaching for like a good minute or two, and it was it was wild. And I, I told my sister, I was like, "Wow, that was God." And she was like, "Oh yeah, that wasn't you." <laughs> wow, that's so, awesome, man. Yeah, man. Uh, so, do you have like any, I guess, advice? Uh, I know that you were, you started preaching like right after you, you got saved and stuff like that. Do you have any, like any advice uh, for the future? Of, I guess to help out with that. 
Yeah, man, I would just keep doing what you're doing, you know? I mean, you're on fire, continue in prayer, continue in the word, don't let things distract you. Don't lose that intimacy, that first love, that passion. People are gonna say, oh, you're gonna lose your passion, you're gonna lose your excitement. Keep that excitement, keep that passion, continue to be bold, step out for God, do, do what you did in that movie theater, you know, do that more and God will back you up and God will show up and God's anointing will be with you. But I would love to, I know you're like, oh, I kind of lost my question, but I'd love to pray for you if you don't mind, just have everybody in the chat pray for you because it sounds like God is really doing something special in your life. And obviously we want to see that fire continue. That, that'd be awesome, man. I, I, I appreciate the prayer. And I'm your really name was been... Michael, is that right? Yeah, Michael. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for Michael. Lord, I thank you for just the passion you've given him, the zeal you've given him. I pray, Lord, that you'd remove all discouragement. You'd remove all weariness. You'd remove all tiredness. I pray, God, that you'd give him a boldness to proclaim your gospel. I pray spiritual gifts would stir up in him right now, Lord, that you would just stir up the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would baptize him afresh right now. Use him for your honor, for your glory. And for your kingdom right now, Father, I just pray that you would touch him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Release your anointing. Pour out your anointing on him, God. Tonight, I pray, bless him, anoint him, and just encounter him like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ooh, I feel that fire. Come on, man. Thanks, Thank brother. you for calling in. I hope to meet you yeah. when I get out there someday. I would love to yeah, meet man. you. One, hey, one day, I'm a... I'm, uh... Probably moving towards Washington is where I think I believe he's calling me. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, I'm sure I'll see you out you there. I'll day, be in man. Washington I'll... next year. Wow. I hope to meet you one day, man. I'll definitely be sowing. You know, God's been busting me a lot with uh, some cash, so I'll definitely be I sowing it to you brother. and a couple other ministries. Thank yeah, you so dude, much, you and thank doing, you for man. calling, You're man. Awesome. Yeah, brother. Thanks for answering. All right. We'll <laughs> talk again. God bless. I love to hear all the people getting saved. I love it. I got saved in 2011, so I feel like an old man, but I love to hear 2021, 2022. Man, thank you, Lord, for all the people you're reaching online. It's all for his honor, his glory, and he just gets all the credit because that's incredible. Praise the Lord. And I still don't know why my background is speeding up. I've tried to fix it like five times, but it's, it's probably not annoying you guys. It's annoying me, but we'll get it figured out. It's all good. I'll fix it later. Okay, we've been live for an hour and 22 minutes. Let's take just a few more here. Let's see if we can go through some of these a little quicker here. Thank you so much for calling in. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. We'll give them a second. They've been sitting for a while. Hello, can you hear me? Testing one, two. Hello. Some people I know because they've been on hold for an hour and 20 minutes. They put the phone hey. down. There we go. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. How are you? Hello. Yeah, I'm doing good. Can you hear me? Yes. You're a little yes, delayed. Uh, my name is Adrian. Okay, and I'm I hear you. Calling from Florida. Florida. What is up, Adrian? What's going on tonight? Uh, nothing. Uh, just uh, turning into the live stream with um, my wife here. We're in the hello, hello, awesome. Praise the Lord. What's going on? So I have a quick question on um, how can you approach someone who is in the world and is not really a believer, but they know that there's more to life than what they're living right now. Say like a family member, for example. Approach them as far as like trying to witness to them? Yeah, like talk to them about Jesus, but you don't want to 
force it onto them, but you want to talk to them about Jesus, but trying to like wiggle your way in there to talk to them. Okay. About- for me, the best strategy, and this is very basic, but it's profound and it it's work for, it works for me all the time, sharing your personal testimony. And I'm going to tell you why. When you share your testimony, it's unthreatening. It doesn't feel like you're preaching at them. It doesn't feel like you're trying to shove it down your throat. So like for me, example, right? I meet someone at a hotel, the airport, a grocery store, restaurant, anything, a neighbor, and I'm witnessing to them. I always start with, man, I was like this. I was addicted. I was drinking all the time. I had a dirty mouth. I was broken. Like, man, I used to lay in bed. And so I'm relating my life to probably what they're going through right now. So I'll say like, I used to lay in bed at night, look up at the ceiling and think there has to be more to life. But man, I had this radical encounter with God. God changed my life. Like I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about, I encountered God. He spoke to me audibly at a church service. And like, dude, I didn't even want to go to church. I used to be like cuss at God. And that sparks their interest because I'm not preaching at them. I'm not telling them you need to get saved. You're going to go to hell. I'm literally just telling them my story, my testimony. And man, I had this void in me. I had graduated high school at 16. I just start telling my testimony. I had everything going for me and God changed my life. And this, this, this. I have never once, I've shared that story, what I just shared with you a thousand times with people. I just did it recently to a guy at a dealership. I've never once had anybody say, oh, you're preaching to me. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Oh, this, that. I was talking to a guy he was doing like this home inspection for our house. And he was like, I would never, he, I sat and talked to him for two hours. He was like, I would never talk about God with anybody. I can't stand religion. He's like, but I could listen to you talk all day. And I witnessed to this guy for like two hours and he was literally crying. He was a home inspector, tough guy. He was crying in this, in this house. And I was just sharing my testimony. I'm like, God is real. I didn't, I didn't shove it down his throat. Cause the thing is this, nothing tastes good shoved down your throat. Like you could have a $200 filet mignon and it, it'll taste amazing. But if I shove it down your throat, it's not going to taste good. So starting with they overcame book of revelation by the blood of lamb and by the word of their testimony. I always like to start with the word of my testimony and then bringing in Jesus to that. Cause it's all about Jesus, right? The gospel is like the good news. Like, man, I was this, this is what I was. And now this is how I met God. And now this is where I'm at. That's the good news. The gospel of Jesus is forgiveness of sin and and freedom and new life. So three steps, very simple, where you were, how you experienced God, how you encountered him, why you serve him, whatever, and then where you are now. And that disarms family members, that disarms friends. I never talk directly to people unless I'm like, God's giving me a word and I'm like, okay, let me give them a word of knowledge or let me talk directly to them. I always just share my own story of how God changed my life. It brings their defenses down and then I'm able to go in there and start sharing the gospel strong, strong with them. Like this home inspector, after an hour and a half, the guy's like in and then I'm able to say like, hey, do you go to church? Hey, what do you think about God? Have you ever thought about like the afterlife? Do you, have you ever thought about like the spiritual realm? And then I'm able to go right in there and he's open because he just heard my story. He feels connected to me and now he's open. And I've, I've never had one person ever be like, don't preach to me or I don't like that or any of that because they just, how could you argue with the testimony? How could you tell me that I didn't get delivered? How can you tell me I wasn't addicted? So I've talked to atheists like this and they're like, wow, like I don't even believe in God, but that's actually really interesting because again, I'm not trying to shove a denomination or I'm not trying to shove a theology down their throat or tell them a certain thing, share the testimony, bring their defenses down and then, and then go right away. Or if God gives me a word of knowledge, right? Like 
I was one time at, at a friend's house and there was this person there that wasn't a believer and God gave me a word of knowledge about her that she cries herself to sleep every night, that she's all this stuff, right? About her, her life. So I didn't mm -hmm. go up to her and say, oh, I just had a word of knowledge. You cry yourself to sleep every night. I just had a word of knowledge that you're empty and you're, I didn't do that. I literally started sharing with her how I used to not want to get out of bed, how I used to be so broken at night. I would stare at the ceiling and go, there's more to life and how I used to, you know, this and that. And I, I was sharing what I knew what she was going through, but I didn't tell her that. I just started sharing what God has done in my life and other people's lives exactly about the word of knowledge. And she instantly started crying. She's like, that's exactly what I'm going through. And I didn't say, oh, I know, but I did know. But I just used other people's testimonies and my own testimony to relate. So you can also do that. I, I, I'm telling you, go next time you want to witness to somebody, say, Lord, will you please give me a word of knowledge about them? And I'm telling you, something's going to pop in your head that you wouldn't know, that you couldn't make up, that's a word of knowledge about them, and then you can go ahead and either share it however you feel to share it, or witness about, about that word of knowledge. So every person I witness to, I'm like, Lord, will you give me a word of knowledge? And then usually always he does, and I'm able to integrate integrate that into the witness because it's supernatural they're like how did you know that what is exactly what i'm going through so rather than trying to witness for five hours it's like boom i know exactly what they're going through and i'm able to express that and give them that word of knowledge and tell them you know and then maybe it's like a pain in their body then i'm like hey do you have pain in your right elbow oh yeah last week i twisted my elbow at work i was working construction and i have super bad pain and how did you know oh well god actually just showed me he wants to heal your right arm your right, uh, your right shoulder, your right elbow, whatever it is. And then boom, God heals them. And then it's like, who, who, what, what God is that? Who do you serve? Right? So that's another way to approach it. But I know I'm just shotgun mm -hmm. preaching here and giving you a bunch of ideas though. That's the best way I found when it comes to a simple way of sharing is just boom, go into your testimony and it brings their defenses down. That's beautiful. So to add on <laughs> Sorry, to that, that long. I know... <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. To add on to that, though, so how would you apply that, say, in a in a work environment, say, in the company that you work for? So I know I watched your testimony when you first got saved, and then I know that you became very radical, and you were still working at Starbucks, and you were evangelizing. So how do you still do that, but without breaking company policy, per se? Because I know you can't really talk about religion in the workplace. Yeah, it depends on where you work. I worked at Starbucks, so it was definitely not, you're not allowed to do that at Starbucks, but this was also you know, what, 13, 12, 13 years ago. So the rules were a little bit different, but I did it until they basically sat me down and said, hey, you're not allowed to do it on work hours. You can do it outside of work hours, but you cannot be sharing your faith with everybody through the drive-through, through your coworkers. So I just basically, after work, I would sit in the lobby and if my coworker was off, like say 15 minutes or 30 minutes after or before me, I'd be like, hey, let's hang out and talk for a bit right there in the lobby, right? We're not on work hours, we're off of work. So that's another way. Or lunch, if you're clocked out, you can't tell me what to say on my lunch break. Like, dude, we're at lunch. So I would tell a coworker, hey, I'll buy you lunch. Let's go get lunch. And then boom, right there on your 30-minute lunch break, share share the gospel with them. Plant the seed. And you don't have to go full in Book of Revelation. Like, you don't have to do that. Just start sharing your sharing with them. Start letting them know you're a safe person that they can share with. Hey, let me take you to lunch. I got you today. Let's go to lunch. Oh, you got me? You're paying for lunch? No coworker is going to tell you no. You take them to lunch and then you're like, hey, is there anything you're going through? Is there anything? Hey, I, I'm a man of prayer and I have a prayer list of people I pray for. Is there anything that you need prayer for I could add to my prayer list? And they're going to be like, what coworker is going to say no, don't pray for me? 
even like gang members are like, oh yeah, pray for me, bro. You know, they'll, they'll be like, yeah, pray for me. So you just gotta be, you just have to be uh, wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. And you just gotta go in there and be smart about it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and be tactical. You know, you don't need to get up there and lose your job. If you lose your job, then you're not gonna be able to witness to nobody at your job. So you want to be smart about it, but I would do it on your lunch break. I would do it after work. I would get people's numbers. I would be texting people scriptures. Like you just got to be aggressive. It's not going to happen unless you do something. You know what I mean? So you have to get crafty with it. Yeah. And, and, and everybody has, look, there's a, a million different jobs and variables here. I can't give you a one answer to all of it. You just have to do what works for your job, for your work. Because again, everybody's different. Everybody has a different work schedule. I know people in this chat, that are like, yeah, I, 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 I could get fired for doing what I do, but I'm still going to do it. I don't care. I'm going to still, and that's great. If that's what God's telling you to do, then that's great. But you just have to use wisdom and do what God's telling you to do it. And he'll give you the strategy better than I can. No, that, that's, uh, that's wonderful. That, that definitely hits the answer I was looking for. Awesome. Thanks so much for calling in tonight. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Take care. All right, really good question. That's a struggle a lot of people have is how do I share with friends and family, work, school? Guys, there's no one shop answer. Paul said I'm all things to all men. So it might be different where you work, but don't use the excuse of, oh, I can't witness because my, listen, okay, they shut me down so many times at work, told me I couldn't bring my Bible, told me, and you know what? It's all good. It's all good. I made it happen. I made it work anyways. I'm like, oh, I can't bring the Bible. Well, I'm just going to memorize the parts I need then. And I was memorizing scriptures so that when I got to work, I didn't have to bring my Bible because I had the Bible up here. I already had it memorized. And that led into me memorizing my sermons and preaching without notes and all of that. Because I was like, you know what? They take my Bible from me at work. They say I can't bring it. So I'll just have to memorize it. It's like, we got to just be crafty about it. And I, it, listen, I'll buy the person lunch, $15, $20, $30 is worth their eternity. So I have to be able to be willing to step out and do these things at work because this, the gospel is not going to preach itself. Let's just be honest. God wants to use you. You need to open up your mouth, cross the chicken line. Don't be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of timidity. God has not made you timid. God's given you boldness, power, love, sound mind, wholeness, healing, deliverance. Like we have the, we have the greatest news in human history. You literally have the cure to cancer in your pocket and you work at a cancer ward. And you're going to tell me you're going to walk around all day not telling anybody? Like, do we really believe this? Do we really believe the gospel? We're walking around all day long with the cure to cancer in our pockets and not sharing our faith with anybody. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I believe you that you have the good news if you don't share it at all. All right, let's take the next caller here before I fall out of my chair. Thank you so much for calling in. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. All right, hold on one second. Let me... uh. It was a little delay. Yeah, no worries. Like, you can mute me in the background. All right. Oh, man, I can't believe this. All right, what's up, man? Um, How's it going? Doing pretty good. Uh, I had called in earlier. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to get in, you know, into the lines. And uh, I got in, so appreciate the time. Thanks um, for waiting, bro. I know you've been in here for like an hour and 20 minutes, so I appreciate you waiting. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so, yeah, my name is Eric. I'm uh, from Michigan, uh, 28. Um, so just had a question. So yeah, I've been, you know, following God for quite some time now and um just been kinda waiting on him, staying patient for him to uh, you know, send my wife and looking for the right person and stuff, but just trying to, to walk in holiness and righteousness and not, you know, compromise or anything like that. So uh this is kinda like a two layer question, but 
you know, when you were single, like, how did you manage, you know, and just stay patient, you know, during that time? Like, I know the easy answer would be, you know, just focus on God and, and kind of, you know, keep your eyes on him. But was it anything specific that you did during that time? So honestly, man, when I got saved because of my past, I was very like bad. I was like this girl and, and dating a girl for four years and we'd break up for a week. And then with this girl, like I just had a very bad past with women. Like I was just, I was bad. So when I got saved, yeah. I was like, I don't ever want to be married. I don't want to look at girls. Cause I, I equated girls to sexual sin. Cause that's all I, that's all I cared about at the time. So I, when I got saved, I was mm -hmm. like, I want to be a million miles away. I don't want to be married. I never want to look at a girl. I never want to talk to a girl. Like I literally was like, I'm just going to be a, a eunuch for God. I'm never going to be married. All that. I was at a conference and I was praying and I literally, I was at this conference. This was probably like six months. I was saved seven months. I was just so laser beamed, bro. I was like, I am not ever yeah. going to look at a girl. I, I was, I was literally at an altar <laughs> conference praying. I, I said this, I said, Lord, I'm never going to get married. I'm never, and I love kids. I've always loved kids. So I wanted kids, but I'm like, no, I'm not getting married. I'm just going to focus on you only. I was saying this at the altar praying like, Lord, it's just me and you forever. And as I'm saying that a guy, a pastor who I still know to this day, genuine man of God taps me on the shoulder and is like, Hey, God's heard your prayers. This was like within 60 seconds of me praying that, right? And the guy didn't hear me because I, wow. I was just praying this to the Lord. I wasn't saying it like loud. No way this guy heard me. Zero percent chance. He's like, the Lord has yep. heard your prayer. And the Lord says, you will not be single. You will be married and have a family. It is his, it is his will for you to be married, right? So I was like, yeah. all right, Lord, you know. And then I told the Lord, okay, well, the first girl I get feelings for, I want that to be my wife, right? We don't do test driving. I'm not trying to date multiple women every other week. Yeah, I said, Lord, yeah. if I get feelings, I, I really want, it has to be my wife. So my wife now, you know, we just, we're going to celebrate 11 years. She was the first girl I got feelings nice. for. We got, we uh, didn't even date. We got engaged and two and a half months later, we got married and she was in the ministry for a year. So it wasn't like I met her on a corner and was like, oh, I'm going to propose to you. Um, she was in the yeah. ministry for a year with me, but I was just like, Lord, I want to stay pure. I want to stay holy. I know you can bring me my wife. You, you brought Adam, his wife. Listen, there's 7 billion people in the world. God made a wife for Adam when there was no, no one else. Like there was no people in the world. There was zero, zero people for God to pick from. And God made Adam a wife and brought her to him. So if there's 7 billion, yeah. God has like plenty of people out there for you. Now I'm not saying just yeah. sit on the couch and pray all day and God's going to bring you your wife. I think I, I'm very <laughs> traditional. I'm like the man should pursue the woman and the man, should, you know what yeah. I mean? All of that. And the, a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. It's a gift from God. So I'm not against even like Christian dating and I'm not against Christian dating sites. I'm not against meeting people at church. I think the best place to meet your wife is the church personally, but I'm not against yeah. none of that. But what I am against is guys that are like just every other week, a new girl, a new this, like God showed me this, God showed me that. Like, no, you got to laser beam focused on God, chase God. If you're chasing God, if God, if it's a pyramid, God's at the top and you're chasing God and she's chasing God equally as fast, you guys will end up meeting right there where God's at. So don't get someone that's unevenly yoked. Don't do what we call, now I shouldn't even say this word because you guys are going to take it the wrong way. But we, we call it missionary dating where you like try to date somebody that's not saved and get them saved. Don't do that. Don't try to get someone saved after you date them. No, it's not going to yeah. work. Find a godly woman. There's a million godly women your age that are looking for a godly man. In fact, let's just be honest here, chat. There's 2,000 of you watching. 
There is way more godly women looking for a godly man than there is a godly man looking for a godly woman. There's probably like a hundred women looking for a godly man and like one man to one man because guys are just way more prideful and prone to not serve God, right? So like there's way more women yep. that are always calling going like, there's no godly men out there. Hey, we got one right here, 28 on the phone, godly <laughs> man. They're, they are, they do exist, right? We're not doing, we're not doing a singles dating thing here, but godly yeah, men yeah. do exist stay pure stay holy save yourself for your wife right of course before you're saved none of that matters you're washed in the blood now stay holy stay righteous get involved in a local church meet your wife at a local church meet your wife somewhere godly whether it's a conference whether it's a service i don't i listen bro i'm 12 13 years <laughs> out of it i don't even know where people are meeting now i don't know where people are at i don't know you know so i'm the last guy to ask for where to meet women or anything but i'll tell you as a man <laughs> as a man live holy serve god make a covenant with your eyes you put your hand over your eyes say lord i will not look at any worthless thing i will not be online looking at pornography i will not be tainting my mm -hmm. eyes and defiling my body defiling the bible says sexual sin is sin against our own body it's like man i want to stay pure and holy and i think bro i really believe this i really believe god honors men that live holy come on chat where are you guys at tonight that's a man. word i really believe god's like oh yeah. That guy down there is looking, living holy. He's turning his eyes away from looking at worthless things. He's making that covenant like Job did of Lord, wash my eyes. He's, he's made that, oh yeah, that's a guy that I could trust my daughter with. Because if you really believe that these girls out here that are serving God are the daughters of God, I have four daughters. I am not, I will never trust my daughter with some chum. Like for real, I will never, no, I no. will never trust my daughter with some loser, you know, that's out there, you yeah. know, watching porn, doesn't have a job, just some loser. But if yeah. I see a guy living holy, involved in church, has a good job, and loves his mom and dad, honors his parents, I'm going to be like, which one of my daughters do you want to come date? Like, you, you <laughs> pick, right? So I, I really yeah. believe yeah. God looks at his daughters and his sons and goes, oh, this guy, I'm going to honor him because when no one's watching, he's living right. When no one's around, he's living right. Because the true you, and I know I'm just preaching here, the true you is the person that no one, when no one's around. The true you is not the guy at church with his hands up. The true you is like, where's your hands at one in the morning when you're online, right? Like, you all know yeah. what I'm talking about. Where, what, what is the guy when no one's around? That's the true you. And so I think if you live right and holy, when no one's watching, God will reward you when everyone's watching. And that's a biblical principle, right? If you pray in secret, yep. God will reward you in yep, public. You and that and that exactly. is a godly wife and we, we all want like every guy single guy right now that's godly is like man i want an attractive wife that's holy that's godly all of that and god will give you that that's not wrong that's not wrong to want yeah. god will give you the desires of your heart if you continue to pursue him it'll work out he'll bring you the right person all of you single people in the chat that have been typing amen and spamming in the chat <laughs> keep living holy keep living right and save yourself and God will, God will find the right person and bring them to you. So there's my, there's my 10 minute sermon for all the single people there. Um, there, there's my advice for you. No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, um, kind of rededicated my life back in, uh, 2018, graduated from college and really started following God. It was, um, you know, went from re religion to relationship. Um, so, you know, fast forward now I'm teaching at church on Sundays, doing Come classes on. we do evangelism on Wednesdays out in the Kroger parking lot. You know, we, we going hard. So uh, God delivered me from lust. I was literally on the couch and uh, I just was praying to God, like fasting and everything. Like, hey, I just don't want this anymore. And when I got off the couch, man, just chains broke. And come on, like I haven't watched it in, uh, you know, you know, lust, pornography, all that stuff. Three years. 
three years, wow. man. So I've been going hard and all I can give the glory to is God. So he's like, you know, living righteous when people don't see and, and understanding that it's not what you do. Um, you are basically what it's like just the perception that people have of you, you know, in public. I think you said it. You said it's, um, you can't be or it's bad to be. I forgot some some about it like a public success, but a private yep. failure or something yep. like that. I, yeah, it. yeah. So. Yeah, man. So I've just been going hard and just doing that the last three years. God has been opening doors. Uh, you know, I've been spiritual gifts has been activating lately and stuff. So really just walking in holiness and trusting him. Um, you know, so I, I definitely appreciate the, the insight. And then just one sub question. I know we've talking for a minute. Um, you know, just so how do you balance now that you're married? Like, how do you balance, you know, keeping God at the focal point and then, you know, keep imbalancing with your family and wife? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, it's not easy. You just have to be intentional. You know, all my responsibilities and all my ministry is self-imposed. So I'm I'm the one going, okay, I'm going to post a video every day. I'm the one saying, okay, I'm going to be live tonight while all my kids and wife are at a birthday party right now. Like I'm going to plow, I'm going to push. So you just have to be intentional. And I always say like the order has to be right. So it's God first. Yep. This is what I believe. God, my wife, my kids, and then the ministry. So like you guys are number mm. four. If my marriage is out of balance, I take a week off. I stop. I don't have no business out here preaching if my marriage is off sync, if my kids haven't seen me, right? So mm. I keep everything in balance. And then I put God as number one. And for me, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I seek the Lord first and then everything Mm -hmm. else is easy. Like, honestly, I've never struggled with, oh no, I need to balance this. Oh no, I'm giving too much time to this. And it also, that has to do with marrying the right person. Like I married the right person. My wife supports me. She's never complained. She's in my corner. She's my number one fan. Um, But yeah, that's all part of it. Like you have to marry someone that knows the call, knows the assignment, knows the cost and then you just, you go for it, man. And God will lead, God will guide all of that. It's, it's all, it's all, it's not hard, man. His yoke is light. Like being, being, doing what I'm doing is not hard. It's all, if you're led by the spirit, it's easy. Like is life hard? Of course. Is it being a disciple hard? Of course. But the ministry and serving the Lord is the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. And so, yeah, for me, I don't know if I can give you a clear answer. It's just keeping that order. If anything gets out of order. So if ministry goes above my kids or like, those things are always, they're kind of dynamic. They're always moving, right? Like the only thing that never moves is God is always number one. But if my wife yep. goes below the ministry or my wife goes below the kids or the kids go above the wife and the ministry, it's like, I got to rebalance. I got to rebalance. So all, every week I'm sitting there going, okay, is, are things balanced? Are things right? And if they're not, then who cares? I'm not uploading a video. I'm going to spend time with my kids. And I cancel all the time for that. Okay? Yeah. Hey, I'm going with my kids to vacation Bible school, even though I know I had the stream plan. I was ready to go. I'm going to go be with my kids. They've been begging me all day to go be with them at vacation Bible school. I'm going to go help at the church, right? Um, yeah. Like, oh, man, I, I, I could have reached like 20,000 people last week. But you know what? What does it matter if I reach 20,000 people if my children resent me? You know what I'm saying? Wow. So it's it's just yeah, all man. balancing. It's all just saying, like, I'm, I'm going to keep this stuff in order. And uh, if it gets out of order and if I'm not reading and praying, then I'm not, I'm not going to do live streaming or none of this. Like, why am I... I, I, God has to be number one. Prayer, the word, seeking the Lord has to be number one because nothing else works if it's not. So yeah, that's that's that. Man, no, that's that good. That's good, man. That really helps me out because I always thought about that, just like the the balance, you know, because it's different when you're single compared to oh you know, yes. family and wife. That's and why stuff. Paul so said, that's don't, always listen. A- that's why Paul said, "Don't <laughs> get married." Now, Paul, before he said it, said this is not inspired. So. 
That's like the only place in scripture where Paul said, this is not inspired by God. This is not the Holy Spirit. This is just me. But Paul makes a, a statement saying, it's better to not marry. And the point of it is, if you get married, you will have, this is what Paul says. Don't get mad at me, chat. He says, you'll have to <laughs> cater to your wife, cater to your kids, yeah. give in to their, they have needs, right? And so he yeah. said, if you're going to do ministry, it's better not marry. And, and I would agree. Time-wise, you'll have more time if you're not married. But the Bible's all about family, all about marriage. And hey, I want to be married. If you're out there and you're a minister and you're like, I have zero desire to be married. Hey, do you go, go serve God and plow and all that. But uh, some of us guys out here, we got to be married. We got to be married. And so for me, I yeah, for sure man. have to be married, have to have kids, all that. But yeah, that's my take on that. Sweet, man. Yeah. Thanks I don't want to keep you in, too bro. long. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Have a good night. And uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, man. God bless you. See, ladies, there's hope for you out there. There's some guys out here. Some of you ladies were typing, what's his number? You weren't trying to get, some of you were trying to get the number to call me. And then others of you were like, no, I don't want the number to call the stream. I want his number. So we see you ladies out there. Okay. Next caller. We listen, we're, we're an hour and 50 minutes in. Okay. This is all free tonight, right? No one has to pay for this content. We're already two hours in. There's two more callers. I am not going to end right now when I have two people that have been waiting for two hours Two hours they've been waiting on hold. An hour and 31 minutes to be exact to be able to call. So I can't end right now because there's two people waiting. I got to take these two calls and then we will, um, then, then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll fall out uh, and, and pray. I don't know what to say. Thank you for calling in. What's your name and where are you calling in from? My name is Matt and I am from Iowa. Matt, thank you for waiting an hour and a half, bro. I feel terrible about that. Thank you so much for waiting. Yeah, it's been inspirational listening to everybody's experiences and questions. It's always a good time. It's interesting, man, because you never know what what people are going to say. So it's like it's fun to watch because you're like, I wonder what the next person's going to say. Exactly. So my question's real simple, and if you can't answer it, I'll have another one. But are you familiar with the book called The Genesis Six Conspiracy? I'm not. It was written by a guy named Gary Wayne. It's like 30 years of research, and a lot of it opened my eyes to today and how we should really be viewing it with the veil pulled away. So I guess my other question would be, what's your opinion on the Genesis 6 chapter, and how do you think it plays a role in the deliverance ministries and just the everyday life, even if you want to take it as far as the new age spiritualism, how can we extrapolate that? Are you talking about the Nephilim and the sons of the sons of man sleeping with the daughters of God and offspring? Is that what you're referring to in Genesis six? Well, the other way around. Yeah. So the, the sons of God sleeping with daughters of men. Yeah. Yeah. I, did I flip it? Yep. You're all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, So yeah, I've done several videos on this. I have like a two-hour video with um, Apostle Alexander Pagani. Have you ch- have you seen that video by chance? Yep. Okay. So my I know there's like differing opinions on when it comes to deliverance. Some people believe that demonic spirits are the are the basically the spirits of the Nephilim, right? Because the Nephilim were, if you believe it this way, they were half human, half spirit, fallen angels. So those weren't. We, what we call like registered, they don't have, God didn't make them. Let's just put it that way. They're not, they're not fully right. human. So a lot of people believe, and I say a lot of people, I don't know how many people it is, but there's 
some very well-known deliverance ministers that believe that when those Nephilim died, their spirits are still roaming the earth because they're unredeemable. They don't go to heaven or hell. They're unregistered. It was it was illegal what they were doing basically in Genesis six. So they believe right. that yes. anger, bit, all that okay. is is those spirits. Go ahead. It's crazy to think that's the one thing that God didn't create. You know, at least that's the yeah yeah that's the yeah, way it's one- portrayed to everyone, right? Yes, exactly. So people believe that they are the spirits now. So like anger, bitterness, anxiety, all these spirits we have um, are those. Other people will argue and fight, and it's a great argument. The, this other second argument is that they're fallen angels. And that's very ba- that's much more basic. It makes makes more sense. You don't have to try to like reach and do all these things. Um, I don't know where I'm at. I'm, I, I, some people believe it's both. It could be either or. I take more now to the side of like these are fallen angels and when it says I'm a spirit of anger it's not saying that's its specific name but it's saying that's my function right like that's the function of the demon when a demon says I'm Jezebel it's not literally like there's only one spirit of Jezebel it's that spirit's function is control is domination is witchcraft so that makes sense to me as well and it's much more orthodox to say these are fallen angels but I'm also not against the other theory because we just don't know but as far as the Genesis 6 account, I heavily lean towards these were hybrids, these were giants. In fact, today I was watching a video about the pyramids and how impossible it was to make the pyramids. And to this day, we can't make pyramids. Like, we don't even have the technology. Like, we don't understand how they were made. I still lean towards, like, a Michael Heiser. The pyramids were made by the Nephilim, by the giants, by the men of renown, right? Um, so yeah, that there was be... a race called the Ketmits or something like that that was before the Egyptians, and they had a lot to do with it. And like architecturally speaking, I mean, then you get into masonry and all the other fun stuff. But that was just a way for them to show their prowess and power of like it was. You know, it was. this In what Egypt, I it was created. The, it was their flex. It was how it, they made. They serve no purpose other than flexing their opulence, their power, and and to me, like I watched this video today, and I was like, this is so crazy. There's no way humans made these. Like they were saying how if you did like one brick every five minutes, it would have taken like 50 years just to build one pyramid and there are pyramids everywhere. I don't know. I, I Michael Heiser's book on the Nephilim is very informative. I, I take more to that. Obviously these issues we're talking about tonight are not salvific. They don't, whether you believe this or not, it doesn't matter whether you're saved or not. Your salvation is not hinged on your belief of Genesis 6. But I don't, I don't believe like that they were just in ancestors of like Seth or the or the um well, the men of renown. You know, so I my, do believe they were hybrids. Yeah, so I'll get to my point, I guess. So the reason I brought it up is because that book I'm talking about is not a light read, but if anybody out there is interested in that, it's called the Genesis Six Conspiracy. But what it led me to do is I got a lot of uh agnostic and Gnostic friends who want to deliberate the Bible with me and try and disprove the Bible. So this, like I said, it's 30 years of research, and there's it goes into so many different avenues and bloodlines and the reasons why, you know, and a lot of people that talk about the flood even, something so simple, you know, you ask somebody, why did, you know, why did God flood the earth? They say, oh, well, humans were bad, and it's like, well, actually— it was to get rid of these giants. It was to get rid of this abomination that was on yes. the earth. Yeah, the bloodline got tainted, back. for sure. Right. And so when they talk about, you know, the coming of the end of days, you know, the days of Noah, people got to realize we're living in it. You know, a lot of people, the truther movement is what I call it, or 
what some other people call it, it, it they almost turned it into a joke. It's so surreal, but it's real. Like, yeah. uh, you know, the UFO experience. People can't believe these are real aliens. They also can't believe their projections. They got to believe that there's a deception coming. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's definitely a rabbit trail when you go down and start watching videos and looking into all this stuff. Um, but I do believe there was a hybrid race. I do believe the flood was one of the purposes of the flood was to wipe out these these half fallen angel, half angels, half humans. And um, some people would say like, well, demons can't with, you know, you know what with humans. But yes, it happens all the time. I constantly deal with people that need deliverance because they get. Um, R-A-P-E-D by demons and it's a real well, thing. It's very dark. Yeah, it's that. very it's very dark But demons are able to shapeshift and take human form and all of that I won't even start going into that trail tonight, but um, yeah, thanks for calling in I'm gonna write down say the name one more time so I can write it down because I'm gonna check it out The Genesis 6 the conspiracy Genesis. by Gary Wayne and you can find lots of videos that go over it interviews It's definitely something that's informative and it's very non-biased. Okay. I'll check and it out. Thanks so much Thanks so much, man. I'll check it out. And thank you so much for calling in. Goodbye. All right. God bless. I'm going to look at that book, guys. Again, I don't know what that book is. So I'm not I'm not advocating anyone get it because I don't know what it is. So uh, don't take that as a promotion of the book. I don't know what's in the book, but I'm definitely going to check it out. Some of you in the chat I trust. Some of my, my mods were saying it's really good. I know Michael Heiser's is good on Genesis 6, but yeah. Um, a lot of you are saying it's amazing. Gary Wayne is really good. Okay, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Sounds like a biblical book. Our last caller of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. They've been waiting for an hour and 40 minutes. I feel like I should like send them a gift card. Let's take our last caller. Thank you so much for calling in. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. Uh, Dusty, Dusty, can you hear me? Yeah, how you doing? Oh, doing all right. Uh, my name's Robbie Mendoza. I'm from Tri-Cities, Washington, from... Uh, um, Pasco, Kennewick, Richland, that's where Vlad's from. And funny enough, you brought me to uh, Hungry Generation when you really? had Everett and, you know, yeah, no kidding. I think I saw, no, I, I don't think, I know, I saw you at the tent revival. It was pretty sweet. Awesome, bro. Well, listen, you've been waiting an hour and 40 minutes on hold. Thank you for calling. I feel bad that you had to wait this long, but I'm glad that we got to talk. What's going on tonight? Uh, so, uh, just need some spiritual advice. So, I mean, um, this happened a couple years back. I'm add me to the list of people that got saved in 2020, but I, um, I, I purchased a duplex, right? I was about 23, 24 years old, right? Um, uh, pretty decent job, this and that. And, uh, my realtor didn't tell me, I mean, I don't even, I don't think she knew I should have done my own homework, including the Holy spirit in my purchase. But, uh, my life changed forever when I, um, purchased it and it was built in the forties. And in that time, or somewhere around that time, I think uh, the 70s, 80s, witchcraft is really popular in this area is what I'm hearing from the neighbors. Some of them uh, were a part of that. And with that being said, um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I didn't turn into a cocaine addict until I moved in the house. As much as I want to use that as an excuse, I was drinking every day while working for the government, right? I was an accountant. Oh, man. And yeah, it was, it was rough. It was rough. And I couldn't stop. And um, I also was in an intimate relationship with somebody that was into uh, into um, what is it? You guys mentioned it on the New Age stuff. The um, the Third Eye, yeah, yeah, yeah. altar in the house, all yeah, all that, all that stuff, and astral projection. And uh, since then, um, yeah, I mean, kind of the same way the devil brought Jesus to the cross is the same way he brought me to Jesus. Mm. That's where I can say it. 
Yeah. So um, I guess, am I able to manifest those kind of things when I, because uh, I, I met this person first and then the house purchase happened months later. I mean, is it kind of like an evil domino effect in that way? Is that kind of how that works? I've seen a as, few of your uh, channels on this subject. So, as far as what are you are you are you asking? Like, was it because of the house? Was it because of the relationship? Are you trying to figure out like why you got involved and what you got involved with? Yeah, exactly. Why why did it change for the worst? And you know, why did things negate after that? Kind of a weird sequential order, but all it all happened in 2019, 2020, 21. I mean, it could have been the yeah. house for sure. Demons can for sure dwell in houses. Um, where things were done that were evil or whatever you could call it. That's 100% a real thing. But it sounds like, I mean, if you were with uh, this girl, it sounds like you probably got some of her demons, you know? A lot of times we say, like, people have, we kind of, we don't joke about it, but they have, like, STDs, like sexually transmitted demons. But it is a real thing yeah. when you get involved with somebody to that level, like, that is a very, and I'm trying to use very careful words here because I know I have a lot of children that watch, mm. but when you get into those things... It's very spiritual. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just say that everything you do with someone is very spiritual. That's how soul ties get created. That's why when people say I was never like this and then I got with this person and then now I'm just like this person or this happened. Well, you created a soul tie and a part of them and a part of you came together. And the Bible talks about like joining yourself two flesh become one. It doesn't mean just when you're married and you're doing that when you're married, when you do that act the two become one and there's a connecting in the spirit realm. It's a very spiritual act. The Bible literally says it's not merely physical, but it's also spiritual. And I have that in some of my videos as well about like soul ties and all that. I talk about how to know if you have a soul tie, blah, blah, blah. So it sounds like it could have been a mix mm -hmm. of both, but all, but also that house could have been cursed. You know, it could have been haunted and I put air quotes and that sounds like a very fake thing, but it's a real thing. Houses are haunted by mm -hmm. demonic spirits because you don't know what happened before. I hear people all the time say this. I was never like this until I moved here or I never dealt with fear. I never felt with anxiety. I never dealt with these issues until I moved in this house. And now I'm hearing things and voices and knocking and things falling over. And like, you got to go in that house and go into every room and say, I command every evil spirit leave this house in Jesus name. You have no power. I cancel your assignments. I take your authority. This is not your home. You must leave because demons do dwell just like in normal in human bodies. Matthew 12, Jesus says we are spiritual houses. They dwell also in physical houses. A demon will dwell anywhere that evil is present. So yeah, for sure. It's a real thing. I have a video on like casting demons out of houses and cleansing your house and all of that. Cause it is a, it is a very mm -hmm. real thing. And um, you got to command and take authority over those. So I don't know fully where that came into your life. It sounds very spiritual though. Could have been the girl, could have been the house. Uh, I would just look mm -hmm. to the point of where you started going down that path and seeing what was there and praise the Lord. God's delivered you from that and brought you out of that because yeah, when Amen. you get involved in those spiritual things and you start tampering in the new age or you get involved with people that are into like Reiki and yoga and new age and tarot cards, it's, it gets very dark because what you don't realize is when you open the door to spirits, I say this all the time, you don't get to tell what spirit comes in. Like you don't get to say, well, I'm only going to open the door to lust or anger. Like, no, you get a myriad of spirits coming in and doing stuff to you. So yeah, man, I'm glad that you've mm -hmm. gotten deliverance and you got out of that. Yeah, definitely. It was probably one of the darkest times of my life, but I mean, good came out of it, right? I'm able to uh, share, share the gospel. I have my own little, um, my own little ministry. It's anonymous and so nobody knows it's me. It's pretty sweet. Just a way to spread real, spread the, uh, 
spread the gospel that way. It's pretty sweet. That and, is so um, awesome. Yeah, and then I have um, I have uh, who inspired it you as well as Vlad and Pastor Ivan, Pastor Ivan with Hunger Generation. I'm in his life group, and yeah, we, I reference your videos all the time, and you know we discuss them. It's pretty sweet. It's a good time. That is and awesome, man. You're really knowledgeable, and yeah, to spread your expertise our direction. I mean, we're so grateful for you. Thank you, man. Well, listen, Seriously. I'm going to be in Washington next year um, at a very large venue. It's going to be an amazing time. And so we'll announce it when it comes closer, but I'll definitely hopefully see you there. It'll be about an hour away from you. So I would love to see you there next year. And I, I'm sure I'll be there sooner at Yakima? Pastor Vlad's church. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in Yakima next year again. Okay, cool. We were excited to have you like in the area. I thought you were yeah, coming man. to Hungry Gen, but it, it must have been a tent revival. I was, uh, I, I w- no, I was, suppo- I was supposed to be at Hungry Gen, but I, I had to I had to um, kind of cancel it before because I had stuff going here for Father's Day with my kids. But I'm definitely going to be at oh. Hungry Gen soon, so I'm sure I'll see you when I go there. Yeah, I would love to meet you in person, definitely. Well, hey, thanks, Isaiah. I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for waiting on hold, man, and calling in. I really appreciate you. Yeah, I hope, hope to meet you soon. See you, Isaiah. All right, God bless you, man. Take care. Wow, we got through every caller. Can we get some amens in the chat? We got through every caller. I feel good because I didn't I didn't cut anyone off. We got through every single caller. The first one back, and we went two hours. This is the longest calling we've ever done. Two hours. You guys got it there. Um, that was great. I think it was great. Let me know what you guys think. I think a lot of good- Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.